Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Hello there, and you are very welcome to Series 6, Episode 6 of the Letter from Ireland show. This is Mike Collins here, and today we're going to have, I think, quite a short show, but I think you'll find it very interesting. You see, we actually run this uh, special membership area um, with the Letter from Ireland called The Green Room, and we're very fortunate because we have a lot of members in there who share the stories, share their brick walls, um, talk about their progress, and indeed, every now and again, share some quite amazing kind of breakthroughs and indeed share the material that they uncovered as they actually uh, found these particular breakthroughs. Now, that's the case with this particular story today from one of our members called Phyllis McNeil, who's over there in Connecticut. And in this particular story, she shares how she discovered, with the help of our Green Room genealogist, and uncovered the story behind her County Mayo, County Galway ancestors. And with these ancestors, they were in Ireland at a time when... Something was, uh, how to say, history was um, in the making, you could say, because it was post-famine, and at the time we had something called the Land Wars. And at that specific point in time, Ireland was very much a tenanted country with, in fact, quite a lot of absentee landlords, and that kind of backdrop forms indeed the backdrop for this particular story. So I hope you're going to enjoy it today. If you are interested in looking at the links and follow on the the letter from Phyllis herself and so on, have a look at our show notes, and it's at aletterfromireland.com forward slash 606. That's aletterfromireland.com forward slash 606. And if you look there, you'll find all the links that we're talking about in the show today. Now, how about we read Phyllis's letter to us yesterday? Because I must say, I was delighted, first of all, that she commented to us and also shared a most interesting, maybe brick wall that broke down in the green room that we were unaware of, but that she had been working with, with Jane and she had made such progress. So why yeah. don't, we, why don't we have a look at that? Today? We're talking about County Galway. Oh, of course. So there, so there we go. So let's let's have Phyllis's uh, comment from from County Galway. So uh, Phyllis wrote to us and she said, "Great to hear your voices again. Thank you, Phyllis. Crazy weather here in Connecticut, and we're all sheltering in place." Uh, Jane is aware of this, but I'm not sure if you are, she says. I've been tracking down my Galway ancestors since we met last March, and I've made terrific progress with an assist on tracking land records from Jane. That's our own Jane McGarvey, of course, in the green room. Good on you, Jane. And I've located all four families and more. In wow. The, that, I mean, that's fantastic. In the parish of Anna Down, and the families she's located are Moylan, Small, Carl, Burke, and also extended Glynn, Casey, Feeney, and Leonard families. But here she goes on to say that during the search, she got more than she bargained for. Now, that happens to a lot of people, doesn't, doesn't it? Doesn't it, though? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of, uh, it, it's amazing when you go searching back and you expect certain things or you don't know what to expect. And I'm sure many, many of our listeners have a similar type of story to share. Yeah. So what Phyllis did was she combined records and DNA search methods. And this way, she found many relatives in New Zealand and Sweden. 
but it was an Irish DNA contact living in Farmerstown in Ahadown in Galway, in County Galway, that told her a very interesting and sad event, documented in a newspaper in 1883, and also it's written up in a new book, she said, in 2018 called When the Hangman Came to Galway. Now, there were two families profiled in this week book. Um, by the way, we'll actually put a link uh, below here to the actual article in the newspapers. You can read through it yourselves. Yeah, well worth the read. Mike and I took some time doing that this morning, and it's, it's quite amazing. But the two families profiled in the books, didn't one of those families turn out to be her family? about a John Moylan and his wife, Mary Small, who was her great, they were her great-great-grandparents. So this story went on, she said, to explain so much about her great-grandfather's life and his later actions as an adult. The repercussions of what happened on this incident that was described have had ripple effects down through the generations. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you wonder why your parents, your grandparents just don't talk about the past. And often there's kind of, I suppose, kind of, there's a weight of shame. Um, there's some things you just don't look back and talk about. But that turned out to be very, very true in this very specific case. And for Phyllis, she said it really changed her feelings about her great-grandfather. And she so wishes that her mother was alive so she could talk to her about this because her mother had very hard feelings against her grandfather and she thinks that if she understood what had happened to him in his childhood like Phyllis has now discovered he was 12 at the time of the incident and his early adulthood after that he emigrated to Springfield Massachusetts in 1891. Let's just kind of give a bit of context because as we said earlier you'll see a link to the newspaper article that actually explains the particular case uh, below this particular show and you'll see a link as well to Phyllis's original letters you can look at both but I suppose if we bring it all the way to the future <coughs> excuse me one of the things that uh, we're very conscious in Ireland today is that most farmers and most people actually own the land that they actually farm and this of course wasn't the case prior to the 1880s and back in absolutely times. not in fact in the 1800s all the 1800s right through that the majority were tenant farmers which most of us are discovering as we actually go through land records and so on but something Karina started to happen if you like from the time the end of the famine onwards when a lot of the a um, lot of landlords became absentee and the demand started to come through from the tenants for more land rights that eventually there was a movement that very much concentrated in the area that Phyllis's folks came from Galway and into County Mayo, which was the start of what we call the land wars. Okay, so this was the change, though, in the ownership of the land from the tenants to the farmers starting to own their own land. Well, do you know what, Karina, that was the eventuality. And really, we're talking about the 1910s and 20s before that really came about. Because back there in the 1870s, 80s and so on, what you saw happen was a lot of discontent. So you saw mass protests for the first time. You saw the crackdown, if you like, on these mass protests happening for the first time. You saw, let's say, many famines behind that actually causing a lot of consternation. You saw a lot more arming going on among militias of various sorts around the countryside. And if you like, on top of that, you saw some fairly unscrupulous locals spotting an opportunity perhaps to kind of make the best out of the situation as well. 
So it's really kind of stirred up times at the moment. So not surprising so that a lot of our people who are searching for their Irish ancestors would have found that they'd have left Ireland around that time. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, well, that, of course, kind of really came about because a lot of their relatives actually had left in the times of the famine. And now they were established and they were saying, well, what are you wasting your time over there for? Come on over here and I'll set you up, basically. So be it Australia or be it in the US or be it in Canada or be it in England. You know, you're that pull as much as anything else. But into that kind of cauldron, if you like, of, I suppose, things just being stirred up like so, you had this particular gentleman, John Moylan, who was Phyllis's ancestor and his wife, Mary Smalls. And essentially, he is one of those people who actually went over to the States and find it, found it maybe probably fairly tough to be away. But his wife stayed at home. Uh, he sent some money back. I think after three years or so, he actually made his way back. And £200, I believe, is what Phyllis said he sent back. That's quite a bit of money back Isn't then. Isn't that something else? But, they, you know, that's what they did, wasn't it? Yeah, there would have been no hope for anybody to make that much money in Ireland. No. And they took over, I think, a vacant farm at the time. Now, let me just kind of point out that taking over a vacant farm was often a real, real, real source of consternation because that was also often a farm that kind of maybe didn't have a recently evicted family, but had the memory of evictions associated with that particular piece of land. And a lot of neighbours and a lot of people would have actually had an idea that was more theirs than the person who had newly gone onto that piece of land. So a difficult situation there for Phyllis's great-greats. There you go. So one night after he had returned from America, they were going visiting, I believe, her father, and um, he was set upon, they were both set upon by an unknown assailant and he was eventually shot and killed. She survived the incident and basically she um, had to actually, I suppose, kind of uh, give evidence and it turned out that there was a lot of holes in the evidence and her, her I suppose, the fact she was questioned as to whether she was telling the truth or not. So the whole case became um, very much part of the consciousness of the area uh, she had two young children. She was a new widow. How did it all come about? Uh, well, our one child, I think, Michael, is <coughs> that they had. And um, unfortunately for a woman at that time, her only recourse at the end of the day was that she walked. Well, that was the thing. Because she was actually being questioned so much, and I guess because of the overall situation, once her husband was killed and the assailant that had the finger pointed was put away, and I think eventually hung, she actually got free or was let go or it wasn't, um, wasn't uh, kept. Uh, but, but she had to walk as a destitute the community just shunned to her. the workhouse. That, but the yeah. reason was because the community shunned her. Okay. And that's the reason why. And, you know, if a community shuns you like that, you don't have many options as a woman with young children. You don't have family around you. Yes, yeah, one child, I think, um, is what she had. And anyway, to bring the story back to Phyllis, she said then that her grandmother, uh, her, her own mother, really never understood her grandfather, who would have been that young child at the time that walked to the workhouse. She said um, he was something like 12-year-olds, 12-year-old yeah. at yeah, the time. Yeah. And just a few short years later, went off to the States with this memory very, very fresh in his mind. And yeah, Karina, you can just imagine how that story and that shame was carried on. And as, ripple, as, as um, Phyllis points out, ripple through the generations. 
Yes. So when we're doing Irish ancestry, there are many, many heartaches. And uh, as Phyllis says, sometimes you get more than you bargained for. But to lighten things a little bit for us now, how about... So, sorry, Karina, just just kind of before you say that, just to point out to folks, there are links below, just to remind you again, where you can read all about, number one, Phyllis's actual story, but also you can actually look at the actual, how the case was reported in the papers. And maybe just ask yourself, you know, was, was there a similar situation in your own family? Is there a brick wall perhaps just behind lies such a story? Maybe it wasn't as public at the time. But, you know, there could be very, very good reasons for your ancestors just to stay mum about things and just not want to look into the past and talk about it. Well, wasn't that some story? Thank you very much again to Phyllis McNeil for sharing that particular history breakthroughs uh, related to our County Galway ancestors. And uh, I I think it kind of gives us all a little bit of, um, hopefully a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of a push to dig in a little bit deeper and perhaps get some professional help if it actually counts and uh, figuring out maybe just why, just why some of our ancestors may have left Ireland in the first place. Sometimes there's a very interesting story just behind that and sometimes that particular story can resonate, as in that case, right through the generations ever since. So again, you can find the links uh, referred to in that particular episode in our show notes at alettafromireland.com forward slash 606 that's a letter from ireland.com forward slash 606 and uh, again i do hope you enjoy the show and that particular um reader letter this week thanks again again to phyllis mcneil and remember do enjoy do enjoy the show and join us again next week this is mike collins signing off slawn for now if you've enjoyed today's letter from ireland show we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our green room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán Gafol, Karina. <laughs>